0: for today. We're continuing our series of messages entitled Return, Return to the Fear of God. This is the third of four messages. Next Sunday will be the last in the four. And so I ask if you haven't listened to the previous two, uh, we can clearly uh, have, we have opportunity for you to do that by way of our podcast and our previous recordings. I want you to, to rest your eyes with me On verse 3 of Genesis chapter 45, Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were unable to answer him. And this is from the NIV, and I like this translation, because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you that you are here. And we ask, oh God, that the spirit of God, your spirit would fall fresh. Oh God, set somebody free today. Father God, be heard today in those areas that we have blind spots to. God, may we be receptive to what the ministry of the Holy Spirit wants to do. May we recognize that we are the clay and you are the potter. Mold us today that we might become more conformed to the image of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. The word restrained and constrained are often used interchangeably. Restrained and constrained. However, closer evaluation of these terms helps us to appreciate a significant significant difference between the two words. The word retained refers to something or someone external that prevents or limits your ability to do something you should or shouldn't do. It's something that is external that prevents or limits your ability to do something you should or should not do. To constrain, on the other hand, speaks of something or someone that is internal, that internally prevents or limits your ability to do something you should or shouldn't do. So retained or restrained, I should say. Restrain has to do with something that is external that prevents you from doing something that you should or shouldn't do or limits your ability, while constraint is something that is internal that prohibits or prevents, limits, your ability to do something that you should or shouldn't do. I want to illustrate that because it's going to help us to understand the passage of Scripture in Genesis chapter 45, and uh, several other sections of the, in the book of Genesis about the story of Joseph. I want to talk about two dogs. One's name, for the sake of our illustration, his name is King. Uh, and King was a big, burly dog that I met quite unintentionally. This actually happened. I went to visit a hospice patient in the community. And when the caregiver opened the door, I was greeted by King. And if I wasn't as stout as I am, the dog would have knocked me over. But the worst that he did was lick my chin. That's the worst that he got from that encounter. And the owner assured me that the dog was friendly. If he wasn't, he would have devoured me. Because he licked me, that meant he liked me. And that sure made me feel a lot better as I'm wiping the saliva of this big old burly creature off of my chin. So as I enter into the house and I sit down to talk with the caregiver, he immediately dismisses King. To the yard. But what blows my mind is I'm looking in the yard and there's no fence. You're gonna let this wild, out of control, attack dog go into the yard and there's no fence. What's, what's gonna restrain him? So I asked the question: what? You don't have a fence, that dog, you're gonna be chasing that dog for the next two weeks. He said, Oh, 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 there's a fence. I don't see no fence. He said there's an, el- there's an electronic invisible pet fence. So he said, if you notice, on the neck of King, there's this lightweight leather collar. And what happens is as King gets close to the invisible electronic pet fence, a signal is sent to that collar, and he gets a mild, a warning. And the closer he gets to the invisible fence, the stronger the electronic warning becomes. And so what the dog learns, because of this external restraint, is not to go beyond a certain point because of the electronic invisible pet fence. But there's a second dog. Paris, California. There's a major fire that literally destroyed the entire community for 27,000 people. All the homes burned. For 4 weeks, the Gaylords are unable to go back to their neighborhood to see if anything was left of their home. But they were even more saddened by the thought that when they escaped for their with their just to with the clothes on their back and to save their lives, they left their pet family member, Ma- uh, Ma- uh, 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 Madison, their, their favorite dog, they had to leave him behind. And so they were grieving the fact that he was obviously destroyed in the fire. They hadn't seen him in four weeks. And so when they finally get a chance to return to the neighborhood where they lived, they could see that all of their neighbor's homes were burned to the ground. So they are driving up to the block where they formerly lived, and as they are getting out and they're thinking about Madison, their poor dog that probably undoubtedly had been burned, to their shock and amazement, when they get out, they see Madison lying on the place that formerly was the living room of their house. For four weeks, Madison remained at the place that he formerly lived with his masters, waiting for them to come out, waiting for them to return. Now he didn't have an electronic external device restraining him, But something on the inside of Maddox, Madison, caused him to remain in place. It's called law. Lo- it's called loyalty and love that kept the dog waiting for his master to return. And so while King was restrained, Madison was constrained. There was something on the inside. When you are a believer and you have a personal relationship with the Lord, the fear of God will constrain you. The Spirit of God inside of you will convict you when you step out of line. And the Word of God that you have internalized will cause you to refrain or constrain, co- co- constrain yourself from doing things that you would otherwise. It prevents you. It limits. It controls how much you will and will not do because you fear God. There's some things that Christians When you really fear God, there are things that you will not do. And so when we come to our story today in Genesis chapter 45, we are invited to watch a real time, in real time for our experience, what is unfolding in the lives of a family that has been torn apart by lies, guilt, and betrayal. This is a broken family, the family of Jacob. The day of reckoning had finally come. After 15 years of trying to hide skeletons that refused to be buried, here they were, all 12 brothers in the same room, all of them bearing pain from their past, but Joseph, was carrying the most weight of the pain from the hurt that was inflicted upon him by 10 of his 11 brothers. And what we're going to discover is that Joseph had the authority and the right to finally take care of those abusers. But his fear of God constrained him from doing what he could have done, and some might have said should have done. The first thing I want to consider with you as we look at this example of how, when you fear, when you reverence, when you have an awe of God, when you are humbly responding to God based on what he has revealed about himself and it is evidenced through your obedience, there's going to be a certain way you conduct yourself. And the first thing I want to consider with you is this. The pain of your past can cause you to pretend to be who you really aren't to protect yourself from being hurt again. So that, the context of this is you need, he withheld the punishment that he could have meted out, but it didn't eliminate the pain and how he, through the process of re- reconnecting with his brothers, how he had to work through what he had went through. Mm-hmm. And so the pain of your past can cause you to pretend to be who you really aren't so that you can protect yourself from being hurt again. Listen to what the scripture says in verse 1 through 3 of Genesis chapter 45, it says, Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all of those who stood in his presence, and he cried out, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard it. The pain of his past, we're going to discover, for 15 years, Joseph lived a life of pretense. Nobody knew who Joseph was. They knew nothing about his past. But the Bible says when he could no longer restrain himself, he began to unfold the reality of who he really was. Now, what did Joseph restrain himself? This is external restraints. His education, his position, the fact that they heard him and they were now in front of him. Those are external things that kept him from doing things that he could have done or should have done. That's external. What restrained him from revealing to his brothers who, and to everyone else, who he was? There are at least two things that kept Joseph from uh, causing the restrain from revealing who he was. The scripture says, now Joseph, this is in uh, chapter 43 of Genesis, and verse, starting in verse 6. Stay with me. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all the people, so that when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed before him with their faces to the ground. Some of you know the story of Joseph. A light should be coming on with that, with that statement. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. But he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to him. They, he recognized them because they looked like what they had been through. But they didn't recognize him because he didn't look like what he had been through. When the love of Jesus constrains you, you won't look like what you've been through. <laughs> Somebody say amen. And he, he was harsh with him. Where do you come from? And he asked, uh, from they, and they responded, from Canaan, for food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Then he remembered his dream about them, and he, as, he, as he said to them, you are spies. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. Here's the first thing that Joseph hid from his brothers and everybody that worked for Joseph. He was second in charge to Pharaoh. Pharaoh didn't even know who. Uh, if you had looked on Joseph's profile, it would have been all. It would have been empty because he didn't tell nobody about his past. How many people? How many people really know you? Man, don't look at me like that, Dantre. <laughs> Nobody knew this guy. He recognized his brother, but they did not recognize him. Joseph was good at pretending to be who he really wasn't. Not even his wife. He had a wife and two sons. They didn't even know as far as we are aware. He hadn't told anybody about his past. He had lived for 15 years with brothers, as we're going to see, who hated his guts. He had been sold into slavery. You know how we tell people they don't testify about their past? He didn't didn't have a context where he felt like he could give his testimony. Nobody knew Joseph. Joseph restrained himself from sharing his identity. He ended up spending seven years in prison when he was falsely accused of raping a woman uh, who wanted him. He didn't even want her. And she said, look, I got his clothes. I don't know what part of his clothes she had, but she said, showed to her husband, I believe if Potiphar had believed uh, that he had, Joseph had really raped his wife, he would have had him executed. He didn't believe her. He didn't believe her. And, and this was pre-cameras. This was pre, pre-cell phone. <laughs> he didn't believe the woman, so he had him arrested the same face. Joseph refrained refrained from revealing himself for 15 years. The 15 years that he was sold into slavery, seven of those 15, he was in jail. My question to you, as we think about what Joseph concealed, what are you hiding? If people really knew you for who you really is, would they really still love you? One of the reasons why we hide and we conceal our true identity because we don't want people not to love us. We want them to like us. We want them to accept us. So we pretend to be what we are not. We pretend to be happy when we ain't happy. So we hide, we hide, we hide. So he hid his true identity from his brothers and everybody else. He hid his past. That's the first thing he did. He hid his past. Often think if I die today, how much what does my wife know? What can she access? And I had to say, here's my passwords and here's all of this because uh, I want her to know. I don't want her figuring out. I believe in obeying the government, but I ain't trying to give the government nothing. But if something happened to you, how much about your past? Prior to your marriage, and the Scripture says when, when you two are joined, the two become one. Now it's not you or him, it's us. How much are you concealing? How much does your mate really not know about you? What would you be talking about if he or she could really hear your true conversations? Oh, it's kind of quiet up in here. Let's move on. <laughs> the second thing that he did... <laughs> He hid his future from his brothers. The Bible says that he, he recognized them immediately. And then as they bowed in front of him, he remembered the dream. Back in Genesis chapter 37, the Lord revealed to Joseph in a dream that your brothers and your father one day are going to bow before you. He didn't understand it, and in an excitement, he went and told his brothers and his father, y'all guys going to bow down before me, and and they say, what? They did not celebrate the vision in the favor of God on Joseph's life. They hated him. In fact, they were so upset with Joseph's arrogance in their mind that they plotted to kill. We don't only want to kill you, Joseph. We want to make sure this vision that you think you had will never come to pass. And so now what he's doing, not only has he hidden his past, he's hiding his future because he remembers when he told his brothers in the past about what was going to happen in the future, they tried to kill him. So some of us will never share what we really are aspiring to be. You tell people around you, and they're going to quickly say, "You too, this. You too, that. You too, young. You too, old. You can't. You're a woman. You're a man. You're a child." And so we learn that you don't share about your future because there are people who, will, who are vision killers. And so he hid the revelation about his future and his past. uh Oh, how about we just keep on preaching here? Somehow, Amen. Amen. Now, notice how he concealed his identity. The Bible says he was the governor of Egypt. So he had a title. Sometimes we hide behind our title. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a CEO. I'm a... He could hide behind his appearance because he had some major cosmetic adjustments because as an Egyptian, the first thing they did when he was in, p- presented to Pharaoh, they cut all his hair off, so he was bald. He was chilling with the bald thing. He had the finest of clothes. He didn't, ha- he didn't speak Hebrew. He had the ability to speak Hebrew, but he, w- he, had, he, was, di- he was multilingual, so he, would, he, had, he could hide behind his dialect. He could hide behind his education. <laughs> Look, I got these degrees. I got so we, we what we do, we hide behind a lot of things to cause people to think that what we do is who we are. Because if they saw who we really are, then they would see that we're just like them. And so he hid behind his titles. He hid behind his position. Are there things that you're hiding behind? Are there things that you're concealing about your past? Because if you ever really, we're going to see, there, was, there will come a time when you can no longer restrain yourself. Joseph reached a point where he, he, his, he, he was broken and the floodgates opened. Now, why did Joseph restrain from revealing himself from him? his brothers? For a good reason. They hated him. This wasn't no make-pretend stuff. Uh, they don't like me. See, they didn't speak to me when I came in the door. And, 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 and they didn't. I sent something on Facebook. They didn't put click like, and they didn't respond to mine, but they responded to her. No, no, no. I'm talking about some legitimate, raw sewage hatred. His brothers harassed him. Here comes the dreamer. Here he comes again. Daddy's boy. I don't know what people called you that were in your own family. The worst names that I ever got called was by my siblings. <laughs> I fought a lot at home. I learned my track speed chasing my sisters and brothers around the house. Now, I ain't about to tell you what they called me because you might start trying that now, but it, would, it won't work. But the things that they would say were devastating to me. You know how they say sticks and stones, they break my bones with names. Names will never, oh, that's a lie. They called him names. Sometimes the most hurtful things that you will ever hear are from the people that say they love you. The people who know how to twist a knife, who know when you, when you had that moment that should have been, kept private, but they know about it, and, then, and whenever you get into an argument, every, whenever you think you're accomplishing something, oh, I remember you pookie bear, pookie too, or I remember this lady, uh, I don't even want to tell you what she called her daughter on her graduation night, oh God, why you got to call her that in front of, in this audience, because I'm going to keep you humble, why, why we need to feel, feel like we got to keep people humble, that ain't your job. Some of us still see ourselves based on the names that people called us. When you look in the mirror, I don't care how much weight you lost, how fine that suit is, you still see what they say you were. And you record and replay what your parents said or didn't say and you needed to hear, but you never heard it. And so he, he, he concealed his real identity because they, were, they harassed him. They were also, they harmed him physically. The scripture says, so it came to pass that when Joseph had come to his brothers on an assignment given to him by his father, that they stripped Joseph of his, of his multicolored cloak, a tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him, and they took him and they cast, they threw him into a hole, a system, and they left him there to die. That's what his brothers did. They left him bleeding. And they would have killed him if uh, the oldest brother, Simeon, hadn't talked him out of it. And they said, Oh, we don't have to kill him. Uh, Simeon said, they said, they said, We'll sell him. And so they sold him like a piece of trash. He was garbage to them. How can you imagine that? This is your own family. You got the same father. And you got that kind of heat and hatred from the the people that say that we're blood brothers. You got the same DNA. And they literally, and so he kept silent because they they hated him. They they harmed him. He remembered that. His brothers intentionally tried to prevent Joseph from experiencing God's vision for his life. They said, in verse 20 of chapter 37, said, Come therefore, let us not, let us now kill him and cast him into a pit. And we shall see, and we shall say that some wild beasts have devoured him. We shall see what will become of his vision. We, want, we don't want this dude going to no college. We don't want him getting no job. We don't want him making it out of the hood. We ain't getting out the hood. You ain't getting out the hood. You getting, you ain't, if we ain't getting promoted, you ain't getting promoted. I ain't going to, I'm not going to be a reference for you to get another job if I'm not getting another job. Oh, you getting ready to get married? Somebody getting ready to propose to you? Oh, you're getting all uppity now. We used to be friends. Just because God blessed you with somebody, now you uppity? All of a sudden, they're not your friends anymore. All of a sudden, they're not not communicating with you on Facebook and Twitter. All that stops. They want you to be like them, miserable, crabs in the basket. And so they said, we, 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 we want to, not only gonna give, like they, they, when the Bible says the devil comes to kill, still and destroy, the devil's not just interested in taking your life. He wants to destroy generations. He wants to destroy your future. He's not just coming after you. He's coming after your testimony. So your testimony will be the hindrance that will cause your sons, your daughters, not to see Jesus. You think it's just about you. Your children are watching how you respond in your marriage. They're watching how you respond when you get angry. You're teaching them about Jesus. The Bible says we are written epistles being read of men. We are the only Bible that our children, some of them, will ever read. Now, how how was Joseph able to refrain or constrain himself from retaliating when he saw his abusers? Sitting in a room with somebody who abused you, who physically abused you, who sexually abused you, who verbally abused you, and your, and, and your mother believed them. They didn't even believe you. She, she chose a man over you. And you're sitting right across from them at the dinner table every Thanksgiving. What do you do? How do you handle it? These guys stripped me of all my clothes, and they threw me in a ditch like a piece of trash. I was garbage to them. And now here they are. They don't recognize me, but I'm in a position. I could have every one of them not only killed, I could get them tortured and watch it. Now, I don't know why anybody would ever want to go if you're invited to see somebody executed. I don't know why anybody would ever go to an execution, but I could see when somebody did something like they did to him, him said, you know what? I want to watch this. Start with the oldest one first. Now, there's a very pertinent illustration in the Old Testament. You get a chance in 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 10 through 17, that illustrates what I'm talking about. David is fleeing from Saul, who's jealous. He's, he hates David because David has more popularity than, than he does. The women says, Saul has slain his thousands. David has slain his sisters. Sisters messed this up for David. And David has slain his 10,000. This is after David killed the Goliath. So now he's running for his life, and he ends up in a place called Achish of gath. And the king but the servants of Achish said so when David shows up they said ain't that David? The one that the sisters said he has that Saul has slain his thousands with David. That's him. And he showed up at our camp. Let's get him. And the Bible says David took that to heart. He understood that now if he acts like he, if he he exposes who he really is, Achish is going to have him killed. And so the Bible says David took this to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, king of Gath. So David went to Gath and Achish is the king. So he pretended to be insane in their presence. And while he was there, and, 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 and while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on doors of gates and letting saliva run down his beard. He acted like a foe. to to hide his real identity. Some of the stuff that we see our children doing, and people that we we don't understand, how could you have so much and act so crazy? Because you you don't want people to really see who you really are, because if they do, then you are afraid to expose that you're afraid. David acted crazy. I always try to act like I was the toughest guy in the room. And when I wasn't, I tried to be the funniest guy in the room because I didn't want to have to deal with the toughest guy in the room. But I was always acting. That wasn't who I really was, but I wanted to be accepted. I didn't want anybody taking advantage of me. I didn't want people to see me as weak. And so David pretended to be insane. What are you pretending to do to give the impression of others that you really aren't who you are? David, act like a madman. We will do anything to be accepted by everybody to avoid being hurt again. Some of what hurt us, it was so deep that if you ever start, I've I've been in rooms and people start talking. They start sharing what happened to them, and I'm crying. I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't know that people treated other people this way, you don't know who you're sitting next to and why they are so distant, why they won't allow you to embrace them. David took it to heart because he was afraid that if they really knew who he was, they would kill him. Here's the second thing. The pain of Joseph's past triggered uncontrollable emotions. Listen to what verses 1 to 2 of 45 says. It says, then Joseph could no longer restrain himself. Something broke before all of those who stood. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians, and even Pharaoh heard it. He was able to hide behind his title and position and, and, and his, all of his things that people concentrate on that say, I'm important, I'm in charge, I, 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 I'm in control. Now, the damn breaks. Have you ever cried so hard that you had no more tears to cry? I never thought that could happen. to I me. Mean, I cried so hard one time, my eyes were literally swollen shut. I never knew that. The dam broke. I could no longer hold it in, pretend. I got the, I didn't have it. You have been trying to hold something? I got it. I got Next thing you know, it's on top of you. That's what happened to David. This situation was no longer controllable. It wasn't manageable. It was on top of him. The pain that he had hidden for 15 years was no longer manageable. He couldn't hide the hurt. Something snapped. Now, the pressure of his pain broke him, and he had, like all of us, had breaking point. Now, let me share this. Total healing cannot come until you reach your breaking point. Some of us are unhealed from what happened to us in the past because we're still trying to restrain. We're still trying to give this impression. We're trying to keep people at a distance. But until you can tell the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free, until the damn breaks. He- uh, uh, there's no Christian that's ever gonna be used greatly by God until he broke until you're broken. There are too many unbroken Christians. Too many Christians that Paul says, that the strength of Christ is perfected, not because I'm strong, but because I'm weak. The problem that, that keeps the strength of Christ from being fully manifested in our life, we're too strong. We know too many Bible verses. i done prayed on this. i not not going to Bible college for this. No, no, no. Has the Lord broken your heart? Has he turned your heart of stone into a heart of flesh? Until you're broken, you can't be healed. You need to be healed. So you've got to share and and, and, and be as we're gonna go forward, we'll see. Some of our some of us are afraid of being hurt that we fail to realize that healing. Healing comes from surrender. Surrender. Do you have anybody in your life that you can actually say, I'm hurting, I'm in pain, I don't know how to feel better, I, I've read my Bible, I've gone to counseling, but it still hurts? There's some things that I saw, I saw a guy, and week, weak, why he invite me into that room? This man, McDonald's, spilled coffee all over him, burned him, third-degree burns. And he went into cardiac arrest. And I saw, I didn't need to see that. I can't unsee it. There's some things that you, you saw that you shouldn't have seen, and you cannot unsee it. But I hear Joseph saying, when, when he finally got a chance to talk to his brothers later, when, he, when his first child was born, he named him God has caused me to forget. God can cause you to forget, to unsee what you should have never seen, to unhear what you should have never heard. Somebody say amen. amen. The hidden pain you keep private will not ask your permission or how it is going to be expressed. When you lose control... You could be in the grocery store, and all of a sudden, you just that one last thing. Ever see that movie, Falling Down or something like that? And this dude, this dude he's, in, he's just picking up some sunglasses or something. And then somebody just said that one thing. And then he just goes berserk. He goes around killing people, shooting people. He just that one thing. And so when you when the dam breaks, when you can no longer restrain, when you can no longer keep private what you should have made public, that emotion will not ask your permission. It will act inappropriately. I chased people on Kirkwood Highway when somebody died, and they said next to, they're standing next to the person who died, uh, my brother raped me. And, Why are you going to say that now? And then people just boxing in a fight right at the bedside. And then the person who said that this happened, they take off running. And I go trying to get them when I could run. When you have an emotional point of no return, where you actually lose it because you reached your breaking point, it will not care where you are and who you're around. The Bible says even Pharaoh heard it. All the Egyptians he had kept this thing secret for for 15 years, and now everybody knows that Joseph is a broken man, working every day, helping people with as an advisor, as a as the economist of all of Egypt. Keeping people fed and a functioning, dysfunctional person. Does that describe you? You're working every day in pain. Everybody heard Joseph, the administrators, and everybody. Sometimes we are afraid to allow ourselves to share our pain. Unfortunately, we hold it inside of us until it comes to that time. I believe the church is a place where we should be able to, after the pandemic, I just said, let's scream. We had not fully recovered from the pandemic. Over a million people died. There are people who were in our family. They don't come to Thanksgiving dinner anymore. They died. They died. And sometimes we don't even understand. We don't even give ourselves permission to cry. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't make you weak because you cry. Even Jesus wept, people that hurt you may be terrified when you have the power to hurt them. Remember, <laughs> Joseph said, I am your brother who you sold to Egypt. You put me in, you sold me to slave. You made me a slave. The Bible says they could not respond because they were terrified. people that know that you can hurt them back will be terrified when the, ta- when the tables turn. But when you are constrained by the fear of the Lord, you will give your enemy something to drink when they're thirsty. When you're constrained by the fear of the Lord, You will love those who curse you and bless them, who despitefully, I'm telling you what the scriptures say, when you are constrained, the Bible says that you will accept the fact that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. So Joseph was in this position where he had the authority and the right to punish his brothers, and they were terrified. They were terrified. That reminds you of the story of Shimei. David is fleeing from Absalom, his son, who's secretly overtaking the kingdom. And as David is leaving Jerusalem, running for his life with his 600 mighty men, and and, and, and they're making their way, this man named Shimei from the house of Saul. Oh, you running now, you bloodthirsty criminal. You getting just what you deserve. He didn't just stop there. Shimei started throwing rocks at David and throwing dust at him. And one day might mighty man, can I cut his head off, please? Can I, can I just do him right now, David? David says, maybe the Lord is using him to humble me for my sin. Now, a few days later, Absalom is dead. David is returning to Jerusalem to be restored to his throne. Guess who meets David? Shimei. Oh, king, you're the most high, and please, you know that I, I, I must have had the wrong something to drink, and you know I didn't really mean what I said when I said that you a bloodthirsty criminal, and you just, I didn't really mean it. And then David's uh, mighty man, can I get him now, David? David was in the position of authority and power to have Shimei's head cut off. But David says, shall anybody die on the day that the Lord has blessed me? How can I be a recipient of grace and mercy and not extend it? How can I receive the love and the goodness of God and not extend it? How dare I? My enemy may be terrified, but because of the constraining power of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to worry. David said to him, but don't worry. Don't be distressed. This is a God thing. This is a, aren't you glad for grace and mercy? Well, we don't, Bible says his, his, his mercies are new every single day. There's a reason mercy needs to be new every day because we use up all of yesterday's and we need the new ones today. Thank you, God, for mercy. Let me finish with this. The peace needed. To overcome your pain, the pain of your past will, be, will require four things, four things. The first thing is, the Bible says that Joseph said, I'm your brother, Joseph, the one you sold to Egypt, and then he said, but God has sent me ahead of you to preserve for a remnant on earth and save you, save your lives by great deliverance. Say a great deliverance. The first thing that is needed is transparency. You must reveal the real you. Stop pretending to be who you really aren't. Stop it. David said, I'm coming to you not as governor, not as second in charge of Pharaoh. I ain't coming with my position, my title, my education, my experience. I'm coming to you. I'm your brother. He was, he, was, he was honest about it. He was, uh, I, I may look strong, but I'm afraid. I may be smiling, but I'm really an angry person. I'm not who I appear to be. You may see me shouting on Sunday, but secretly I'm stuck in my past. I can't seem to move on. That's, that's being transparent. I'm stuck. I'm angry. I'm jealous. I'm Joseph. I'm in the present, but I'm stuck in the past. I can still remember what they did as if they just did it. That's why forgiveness is supernatural. we, We need God to enable us to forgive like he forgives. We can't do this thing on our own. Here's the second thing we need. We need trust. We need truth. We need truth. He said, you sold me into slavery. You guys did it. You're guilty. Now, what he didn't do, he didn't go through a whole laundry list. And you beat me, and you talk bad about me, and you hate you. He didn't go. He just said he was very succinct. When you forgive people, you don't go through everything that they'd ever did. Does God do that to you? Suppose that every morning you woke up, the Lord just Released a scroll of all you ever did. <laughs> and you had to read through them every day. I told you somebody sent me, uh, they were fighting with their wife, and they're cussing each other out. And he said, let me show you how much she, how she acts away from church. And he said, I said, well, how are you going to show me? He said, I record. I said, I want to see what you recorded. You need to erase it. Why do you want to rehearse what somebody did to you that was wrong? So I can show you that I was. No, you're not going to show me that you're right by holding a grudging. You need to fix that. The Lord, the Bible said he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. And he casts them into the sea of unforgetfulness or forgetfulness. He, or he doesn't bring, bring up our sin. So we need to tell the truth. What actually happened? I ain't talking about your feelings. I felt like you meant, no, 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 no. (laughs) You guys sold me into slavery. What are the facts? I'm not obligated to to endorse your feelings. I will listen to your feelings, but I will tell you the facts. You're wrong. I'm sorry, you felt, I, I acknowledge the reality, your feelings are real. But I hear somewhere in the Bible, the Bible says uh, uh, the, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Don't be trusting your feelings. All in your feelings, yeah. I just know they can't. They just can't stand that I'm successful. Nobody's thinking about you being successful. But you, you're convinced because how how you feel. Here's the third thing. So truth is needed. Transparency is trust in God's promises. Watch this. Here's what Joseph says. And how do you, he says, and now do not be distressed or do not be angry at, with yourselves for selling me because it was God who sent me ahead of you to save to de- for a great deliverance. This is the fulfillment of God's word. So you got to trust that what God says in his word is true. That's how you're going to move on. I heal the brokenhearted. I restore those who have been displaced. I will return, I will replace your ashes with joy. The word of God is true. So uh, the way Joseph could, could constrain himself, he feared, reverenced God by obeying the word. This is the fulfillment of God's word. So all things work together for the good of them who what? Love him and are called. God allowed it to happen. And it could have destroyed me, but it didn't. So he let it happen. So now what should have destroyed me is my launching path. This is where I got my testimony from the things that should have killed me. Now I can be a great witness for the Lord. Here's the final thing. Total surrender to God will because you are constrained by, the, by your reverence for God. He says, but God sent me ahead of you to preserve for a remnant on the earth. And that I was, he said, this is God's will. Some of the things that we're running from is what God is leading us to. He's, he, you must totally, what is the will of God for me? Joseph said, God sent me here. I am on assignment. Now, if I had to pick how I did it, it wouldn't have included being thrown in a pit. It wouldn't have been clothes, being stripped of my clothes. It wouldn't have been included me lying on about raping somebody and putting I wouldn't have had that as a part of my plan, but it was God's plan for me to put me in this position that now that I'm in this position, maybe if I hadn't gone through this, I would have all you guys' heads cut off.. Total surrender. Total surrender, constrained by the fear of God. Stand with me. I've shared this with you guys before, but it just has to be shared again. I wasn't always saved. <laughs> this is a young uh, kid in the neighborhood named Derek. His mother always kept his hair cut short. This was before ball was in, in vogue. I used to slap him in that head, <laughs> palm that head, <laughs> my alter ego, <laughs> and he start crying, and he run home. He was a mama boy. <laughs> he would be crying. I would be loving it. I'm oh, running home, <laughs> and then his mother, who was single parent, she'd come to the door. Ah, What she call mama street name? Ah! And I'd be hiding behind the sidestep. And I'd be, oh, I would just, oh, man. I would be just so enraptured by her anger and his tears. I went on off to uh, seminary, living in Texas. And during semester break, I came home. I was on Chestnut Street downtown, Philadelphia. And I hear this, Howard. 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 Deep, who's calling me? I turn around. He said, you recognize me? I said, no. (laughs) No. I'm Derek. I said, Derek who? (laughs) The Derek you used to slap in the head. That's the Derek I am. And this dude's six foot four, 235 pounds, playing football for Temple, Temple Owls. And st- I'm standing by Derek, and I'm like, I can't outrun this dude. <laughs> oh, God. The Lord said, We reap what you sow. So he said, Don't worry, I'm saved. And then when it, got, it got even better. He said, When I saw how Jesus changed you, I said he could save anybody, so I trusted him. I want you to understand something that when the Lord is living on the inside and you've learned to draw nigh unto Him and He's drawing nigh unto you, you will have a reverence for Him. You will have a respect for Him. And that respect will keep you from saying stuff out of your mouth and keep you from behaving ways that you would otherwise behave because His love, Paul says, the love of Christ constrains me. Constrains me, constrained, constrained by the fear of God. Father, we love you. We need you today. Father, we're tired of hiding. Help us, oh Lord, to be truthful. Lord, may we not have to come to a place where we totally just emotionally break down. And even Pharaoh hears it. But God, whatever it takes to bring us to that place where we are totally surrendered to you. Father, I pray that today would be that day. Father, we don't have to live in bondage. We don't have to live beneath the privileges of grace. Help us to surrender as we reverence you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.